0: we are shows what you know we'll always watch tv and if you think we can't we'll watch more and you'll see that's why the people of the web believe in jim from las vegas and jacob from sweden
1: Welcome to Shows What You Know, your television podcast where we take all of your favorite shows, past, present, and even in the future, and we break them down for you. I am Jim Scampoli.
0: I am Jacob Burroughs, and breaking down does sound like something negative when you think about it, but uh, actually we're just looking at all the components, looking at what makes it great. And this week we're talking about a show that's made a lot of great things, made people great. Uh, It's Spaced. From Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg and Jessica Hines, formerly Stevenson, uh, and I'm excited to talk about it. What about you, Jim?
1: Yes, it's very much like visiting an old friend. It's been far too long since I've rewatched Space, so um, we should say that the reason why we're discussing Space, besides the fact that we're big fans of the show and Ben about the show, we ain't noobs here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is we did get a review on what was it, Stitcher or iTunes?
0: Mm, This one was on Stitcher, but uh, the deal is that if you leave a review on iTunes and you tell us what show you'd like us to discuss, we're going to do an episode on it. Uh, Not every show is going to give you an offer like that. What a great incentive to go and leave a review immediately, because we're willing to talk about whatever trash you like or even dislike if you just want to hear us shit on it. Uh, Either way, this time it was Avalanche who gave us a choice of uh, Spaced Black Books or Red Dwarf, and those are shows that are close to my heart, close to my formative development years of watching UK sitcoms on Swedish television, which is how I formed a lot of my sense of, uh, I guess, uh, filmmaking identity, comedy identity even. Um, And we picked Spaced because everyone loves Spaced. It's Edgar Wright. It's Simon Pegg, Jessica Hines slash Stevenson, who is uh, unfortunately not doing as much stuff now as the other two. But they're all great. And they made something that's influenced a lot of people. What's, what's your first input to it, uh, Jim? What's your first entry into this space?
1: Well, like I said, it really did feel like um, visiting an old friend. Uh, this, I mean, I didn't discover the show until... I mean, I watched it before I saw Shaun of the Dead, but I remember seeing a trailer for a movie called Shaun of the Dead, and I was like, that looks fucking great, that's cool, and I started looking up the people... Uh, behind it, and I saw that they had this uh, little British sitcom titled Spaced that I had to download illegally because I was in the States. So it was probably around like 2003, late 2003, early 2004, roughly. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I was hooked. I was hooked immediately. It's a great show. I mean, actually, are we going to even... Is there any type of spoiler type thing that we're worried about here on like a seventeen year old uh, <laughs> well sitcom. to
0: be clear, it is uh, we are discussing the first season. So if you're worried about the the series finale or the first series, I should say since it's a UK show, but uh, if you're worried about knowing exactly how it ends, Uh, don't be worried about that, first of all, and second of all, we're mainly discussing the first season, even though, of course, we're gonna be going into just our overall feelings on it. No, there's no real spoilers. Uh, the plot of the show is that there's two friends who decide to move in together and pretend to be (laughs) it sounds so fucking stupid, but- Oh, it... it
1: really does, it's so funny.
0: Yeah, there's two friends that they have to pretend to be a couple to get this flat, which is uh, English for apartment. Uh, They have to move into this flat and pretend to be a couple to get to rent it because the landlady wants a professional couple. However, everything I just said is so unimportant that you can't even imagine it. It never uh, becomes a thing. It's never central to the story, and it's honestly, I think, just partly something they just said to the network. Like, yeah, that's what the story is, but the characters even forget that that's the plot they're in. It's like never brought up and even, this is a slight spoiler, but I think in season two, it's kind of like they accidentally mention it to the landlady and she's, her feelings are hurt because they've lied to her a little bit, but uh, it's like not important. The, The whole premise is not important. What's important is that it's Simon Pegg, Jessica Stevenson, and Edgar Wright doing a fantastic comedy together.
1: Yes, uh, I think one of the best running bits on the show is how they constantly forget the premise of the show. Yeah. And it is one of those, like, if you ever described it just based on premise alone to someone, all they would do is roll their eyes, like, okay, you know, the wacky adventures of two people that are friends that kind of, it starts a budding, will they, won't they? but they have to pretend to be a couple to get their amazing apartment. And most people have been, all right, what the hell are you talking about? That sounds awful. Yeah. And I, and yeah, I, I was going to even ask, I guess it does seem like it could have been something that was just pitched for a log line just to have a small like sentence to sell a show on, or if that was always their kind of idea from the beginning is to deconstruct a sitcom in its premise – I mean, it's hard to say. I, I'm sure it's maybe a little bit of both, because yeah. uh, even even over in in Britain, I have to imagine you you know you need some you need some sort of pitch. You need a hook. You need yeah. something to tell those studio execs to have them hand over the money so yeah. you can make a show
0: although it's very typical of that type of time like when you hear them talk in like behind the scenes stuff it seems pretty typical that the people behind or the the executives were kind of just going along and saying yeah yeah sure do whatever I don't know what it was in like the late 90s or uh, around that time it's also similar to what you hear about The Office uh, when they talk about how it was made and they just kind of had these ideas and when they're talking about it years later they're all saying no that would never happen now that would never happen but anyway they just kind of some money at it and we kind of got to do whatever we wanted and what they wanted to do was obviously not based on the log line it was something they talk about a lot in behind the scenes stuff that it's rather based on just being annoyed at the state of sitcoms at the time that it doesn't really reflect what it's life uh what's what it's like in life as a 20 something and um i don't know i guess that leads into my next question do you see yourself do you recognize yourself in space because i certainly do and i feel like it doesn't matter like what country you're in it sort of reflects this experience of being 20 something living on your own maybe for the first few years trying to figure shit out
1: yes absolutely um and you know kind of very similar like you mentioned the office because with both of those shows there's a there's a lot of little like references that i don't understand whether it be a tv show or some pop culture person that i don't get what they are but get used to it
0: that's me for every fucking u.s show ever (laughs) i learn about your pop culture through watching the simpsons parodying it that and south park that's how i figure out what's going on in the u.s
1: yeah so there's a lot of that but like since the shows don't live and die on that like those are just kind of a few of the smaller jokes it's uh mostly yeah just universal themes you know making friends going through breakups living on your own and and one one, the the biggest thing i I can't remember the last time i've watched spaced but it's it's got to be at least five years probably longer and the biggest the biggest thing that jumps out to me about this show is that i mean number one i forgot how long ago it was made because it was what 1999 when this debuted like i think this this debuted before the Phantom Menace, so that's why like there's only goofs on the Phantom Menace in se- series two. I should yeah. say not season two. Yeah. Um, so for as long ago that it was made, and there's only small things like when they take a, c- a cassette tape and play a cassette tape. Everything else is very timeless, and it mm-hmm. doesn't feel dated. And especially because they're so ahead of, they're clearly ahead of the curve as far as using pop culture and sci-fi and genre where everything does that now. So it fits. It still plays so nice and fits uh, amongst everything else. And plus, since everything else does it badly and they do (laughs) it really
0: well, uh, I was
1: really surprised about that.
0: I feel like it has a huge legacy, as you were saying, even if, like, it's kind of a cult show, so a lot of people have watched it, but it's mostly people who, like, are into making film and TV, I feel, are the type of people who would, like, say, oh, you got to watch Space. Like, not everyone has seen it, but I think a lot of people who make stuff has seen it, and that's partially been an influence, along with, of course, just references and pop culture in general seeping more into our entertainment. But, for example, just look at Community, that's probably the most straight up evolution of space that we have it like right. that is the u.s version as far as i'm concerned made a fair bit later where i mean space even has a paintball episode fucking 15 years before or something <laughs> that was a thing in community and i mean just looking at other shows started during that time it's not the same like people weren't making this type of thing then and I don't know if that's like striking gold or whatever, but they were ahead of the time, putting in a lot of references. Because when when I say someone puts in a lot of references, I think of uh, uh, Ernest Cline, I think mm. of uh, Ready Player One, and like Big Bang Theory. I'm sure has a lot of references, and that's not quite what we mean. Uh, what? How? How do you say? How would you say? Like they they do it better than everyone else.
1: Well, it's it's. <sighs> Because it kind of reminded me that references don't equal bad because yeah. <laughs> within the past, however many years of, of uh, you know, today's pop culture, whether it be, whether it be just even on your social media with someone doing a meme or like a, a reference. And then like you mentioned, Ernest Cline or Big Bang Theory or even like a lot of modern day comedies. Uh, it's this more weird, direct, obvious, like, in-your-face thing. Whereas with space, like, it's there, but it, I mean, first and foremost, it usually serves the characters, uh, mm-hmm. or it's, like, a really good joke. So it just works a lot better. Um, and, I, I mean, maybe it's because you can feel the love more, where it's not like, yeah. hey, let's, let's do this reference. It's more like, oh, we love this thing. We should have a nice call-out for it. and uh one quick footnote back to like the the how long ago this show was like if you think about it they were making it and it was like buffy was on season two like when they were making this show yeah which is because even like the second series has like a quick buffy reference and this one doesn't but it's so bizarre because it doesn't feel like that
0: well i was looking up i think it's got to be season three because angel also started in 99 i believe
1: oh well i just mean more like when they were making it and maybe oh, shooting yeah. it because if
0: it oh that's true.
1: premiered in like 99 uh but yeah same thing like season two season three like mm-hmm. as buffy was just kind of hitting its like uh like pop culture peak and like everyone was you know talking about it uh but it's just bizarre to think it's like around that same time
0: yeah and it's almost uh like also with the references it's not like they just say like this you're like Darth Vader, like uh, <laughs> it's it, like it's not all in in like the dialogue. If it is, it's usually done pretty well, but it's also just got this visual touch. That's all. I mean, yeah, it's all Edgar Wright. Uh, I titled this uh, Edgar Wright's Film School because from what he himself has said, this was basically him workshopping and doing a lot of the stuff that he's later become famous for for doing uh in like how to put together uh something that's like visually comedic and has a unique style and of course a lot of that is putting in visual hints and references and just things that are funny just from how you put the camera and move it which just people don't do. I'm sure you've seen this video and a lot of the people listening have seen this uh, how to do visual comedy uh, Edgar Wright which is a, a video essay by Every Frame a Painting where he goes through all the different things that Edgar Wright does that a lot of comedy like directors just don't do because a lot of comedy these days is just like improv or and i love improv uh but just putting the camera down and then like have them say funny stuff back and forth and edgar wright actually makes something that's visually funny and this is him trying out a lot of those things
1: yeah absolutely and even besides that just uh like going back in time for when they were making the show and taking uh Taking tel- well, taking not just television, but taking a television sitcom and making it cinematic yeah, uh, was probably, you know, not that they invented it, but it was pretty well unheard of. And, of course, these days with peak TV, you know, TV is cinema, so it's not as weird to think that you're making, like, a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's uh, and, and you totally see. It's it's so interesting to see all of that with a young young Edgar Wright, and then seeing his movies now, and you're like, oh yeah, this is kind of, this is almost even a nod on this, and you could see where he was working on this back then, and now he's doing this. So uh, I think film school like completely nails it uh, as far as like uh, you know building as a, a filmmaker. Uh, one thing I one thing I do have to say though, for me, it's there's never that same greatness between either one, whether it be Simon Pegg or Edgar Wright, they never achieve that same greatness on their own that they do when they're together. And yeah. I mean, maybe that's just my personal opinion. I know a lot of people like not I'm not saying neither of them do bad stuff. I mean Simon Pegg does some bad stuff. Uh, but Edgar Wright, like his like Scott Pilgrim and Baby Driver aren't bad movies, obviously. They're decent, but to me, they don't touch any of the movies he's made with Edgar Wright, or even to an extent, Spaced.
0: Right, right, yeah. Any of the movies he's made, made with Simon Pegg, but yeah, I, I get. I'm um, sorry, you yeah, saying. yeah, you got yeah, me. yeah. Uh, I think because that's because uh, like when they were making Spaced, it was such a perfect marriage of their different identities, where uh, you know Simon Pegg was kind of bringing the the nerdy, geeky stuff into the equation in the writing, Jessica. Heinz or Stevenson was also. Uh, she was more bringing the, like the pop culture, as far as I understand it, which is like not to be frowned upon either. But uh, as far as what's going on in culture right now, geek culture is pop culture uh, more or less. And there, he he had all that stuff, but he didn't like Simon Pegg had all that stuff in the writing, but he didn't really, I think, know how to bring it to life. And then Simon Pegg. I'm sorry Edgar Wright I'm mixing them up too but Edgar Wright of course came in with all all of his approach I mean this is the reason I'm sure that they've later been writing stuff together like Hot Fuzz uh I guess Shaun of the Dead I don't really recall if they wrote that together or not but yeah, uh, yeah I'm
1: pretty sure they did I actually watched Shaun of the Dead after I finished this season yeah the space because I just had a hankering
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was just saying that they just came together, the visual side, the writing side, and I think that's what makes it a perfect double whammy, where, like, different skills coming at it from different directions, making something great together, and maybe Edgar Wright goes off and explores his visual stuff somewhere else, and Simon Pegg explores his writing somewhere else, but I, um, though I do really love... Uh, Scott Pilgrim so I, I shouldn't uh, say anything too much but but I do uh, I do see your point that together they make something very special
1: yeah yeah and I mean not to like uh, make this about like Scott Pilgrim or whatever but uh, <laughs> I just I mean I get I, I, I like it too and I get why you'd like it it's just I feel like Edgar Wright's stuff without Simon Pegg is a lot of flash and it doesn't have this it's missing some of the heart yeah that you get when they're both together. And then to Simon Pegg's discredit, like he 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 acts and he he pops up in some bad movies. So yeah. that
0: stinks. <laughs> but not a lot of movies that he writes. <laughs> Very true. I think he's just uh cashing in uh or well, I mean I'm sure he's having fun too, but this is clearly like these are passion projects, the central ones that we're talking about that they really put their heart into. And as far as what you were saying about like film, making something that feels like film on TV, I think that also ties into a lot of creators watching this show and and watching them because this is such an inspiring tv show just as far as like how it looks and feels uh because most tv shows even more than movies just lack this filmic language that they're using uh you and me have both made short films of different types and i We've both, I'm sure, put a lot of thought into like what shots should be where and and stuff like that. But just watching this makes you think, oh shit, I should have put even more thought into where I was putting the camera. I should have like storyboarded this. I could have done so much more interesting stuff because we just get used to watching stuff that's like, shot reverse shot like kind of this show we're doing right here we're talking back and forth (laughs) yeah Uh, and there's nothing nothing wrong with that but there's so many possibilities and there's such uh a language of cinema to be used that is used on this small low budget tv show made in the 90s for a a small uk channel and it's kind of crazy uh it's kind of crazy i guess that concludes my point yeah
1: i agree and And what's great about it is that it's not like there's there's clearly a lot of skill and technique with the filmmaking, but it serves because the show's clearly about like you know taking the mundane and elevating it, like just in the way you know Tim or Daisy would look at their regular lives because they're you know expecting greatness that was promised to them by the pop culture they absorb. So it, it all works. It's not just this like. You know here's uh the sh- remember the shining guys remember the shining it's yeah. no it, it works and it fits and it's and it's funny and uh, a lot of things i mean it's the same type of theme you see through like at least the cornetto trilogy like with Shaun of the dead and hot fuzz and world's end it's similar like you know having these like the the day-to-day mundane people in extraordinary situations um, and it's kind of like my favorite. It's like my favorite thing. It and and it's it seems like it'd be easy to do, but a lot of other you know shows or films try it. And like you mentioned, community like community is really good with that. Um, and even to an extent, it's not quite the same. But whereas like it, it could almost come off as Family Guy references, yeah. it it's better than that. And it reminded me a little bit rewatching of like Scrubs, where Scrubs would have cutaways and references but they worked better and it's similar to like what i saw with spaced
0: yeah yeah uh this they, they do cut away also to their especially cutting away to their imaginations of how things are gonna go or how, how things have been in the past and they it's definitely like heightened to to the 10th degree making something super dramatic or constantly imagining themselves doing cool stuff and then afterwards we see them doing like failing miserably as very scrubs uh, and uh, and yeah um, and, and as far as he was saying with the um, the trilogy and stuff uh, and and about the mundane mixing it's kind of true that parts of space are kind of boring because they're sort of meant to be there's so much of that show that's just them hanging out in the flat not knowing what to do just oh i should be writing i should be doing this and then like not happening and then all of a sudden it's a heist movie or something because of how the characters are and then the film like the film style also goes into a heist movie like i'm thinking of the episode where the dog is kidnapped and a lot of that episode, like nothing is happening, and then they're just fighting, and then all of a sudden they're they're like doing a heist to get this dog back, and it's uh, kind of hilarious.
1: Yeah, no, it works. It works great, and and even like some of the smaller stuff, like, uh, um, in the it's either the first no, yeah, it's in the first episode. Even some of the smaller stuff when it's just them hanging out in their apartment and then with their neighbor from downstairs and their new landlady and they're just up late talking you know drinking and smoking it's kind of like ah, i want to be there i want to hang out with these people even in this like boring moment because it's and and that's just in the first episode and you're already like ah, i want to hang out with these people so works really well
0: yeah yeah, uh, it's like the. I think the second episode is like all about them having a party. That's kind of a failure. That's the whole plot of the episode. That I don't know how. I don't remember really how much they leave the flat in that episode. But I, I feel like it's just them talking back and forth and kind of being mean and annoying at each other a lot. Uh, especially Tim, as I've noticed on this rewatch, Tim is kind of an asshole uh, through most of the most of this first series, and then like this dislike kind of goes away over time because Tim just acts mean, he's not actually mean. Uh, And it does show this heart that we were mentioning earlier where like he says mean stuff about Brian and uh, downstairs uh, and stuff, but then suddenly they're hanging out and he's inviting him to things and caring about the other characters. And especially towards the end of the season, it feels like, like... Without you even realizing these characters have grown on you so much because you've been living with them and hanging out with them, that there's. I had like had emotional reactions to things I weren't expecting, like. Uh, like when when Brian goes to the club he hasn't been clubbing for like 15 years and he goes to the club and he was so worried he had this anxiety about knocking someone's drink over and then he got punched years ago and then he knocks someone's drink over and the guy just looks at him and then he just hugs him and they start to keep dancing I don't know why but that kind of affected me emotionally even though it was just a little goof
1: yeah that's great it's a great moment I mean it's probably my least favorite episode of the of this season or series series one, yeah. but yeah, I do love I love the intro with Brian and the come on Eileen, and like the epic, uh, like him being like kind of the nerd at the at the party of like I guess bros or whatever the British equivalent of a bro would be, and yeah, getting punched and having anxiety about doing like that stuff I loved. I guess the the rest of the episode since it's mostly just dancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still cool like again it's still cool because I like all these people so it's great when they're all together having fun um and I do love the bike messenger character who yeah. you know starts dancing to in the in the flats that make a you know like a techno beat or whatever uh but no you're right like the 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 Brian moment where then he thinks it's all gonna happen again he blew it again but it's like you know I guess a new generation and everyone's kind of ones on ecstasy because they're all drinking water and sweaty and and kind of high but i assume maybe on on tv you can't be like let's do ecstasy (laughs) so you just kind of assume like oh yeah they're all doing ecstasy clearly and so it's like nah, man come here bro it's just a a drink i'm gonna hug you and give you a great moment uh brian is such a great character um I like I could be wrong. I'm just basing it off of seeing Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright's stuff post-spaced without Jessica Hines. I feel like a lot of the art stuff is her. I basing this off nothing, just that they never really covered it again. And like this like the pretentiousness and the 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 like uh university crowd or whatever. And I do miss some of that. And one thing about Daisy as well that I like that I forgot about this season is She's such a spaz. Yeah. Weirdo kind of. But I really like the uh, the way it's played out and she's like such a weird nerd spaz and you're right Tim's more of a like a kind of a jerk. But there is that push and pull like they bring it up constantly of how Daisy's using Tim's stuff to solve her like to distract herself from her own issues. Yeah. Uh but it, I mean it all plays great.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, it does make sense to me that that's not your favorite episode because a lot of it is just dancing. Uh, and that's probably one of the ones that has, I guess, the least traditional plot as well. I mean, the thing hmm. with Brian's more or less the main bit there. There's uh, uh, like Nick Frost uh, is, Mike is is doing something in that episode. I, it's kind of, I don't know. I just watched them all. And I think still that's kind the of one blur. when,
1: yeah, I I mean I I don't know what they call it, but I just I equate it to what would be like Boy Scouts here, yeah. Because he's like taking kids on a canoe, um, but he like brings too many stones and sinks it or something like that. Like, yeah, <laughs> <so> he's really <laughs> bummed about it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we, I know we're just jumping around, which is probably the, for the best. We're not going to go beat by beat on all the episodes, but like, how ahead of their time were they with this vulva character and yeah. the non gender specific? And, but I mean, it is played for laughs. I don't feel like you'd be able to play that for laughs anymore. Yeah. Like, cause it was always funny when Brian's like, you just wouldn't understand a relationship between two heterosexual men and uh, one of them who's a woman
0: or something like that.
1: <laughs> and, yeah. but it like plays so true for today and like gender uh, identity and politics. Mm-hmm. But like the vulva characters great. And the, the way they're goofing on art and like, like, oh, that's so postmodern expressionism, oh Brian,
0: <laughs> and of yeah. course
1: that plays in with all the zombie uh, stuff, which you clearly see, like you know, setting a track for uh, Shaun of the Dead.
0: Yeah, yeah, and if you're listening to this and you haven't watched Space, just to uh, sell you on it, additionally, uh, that is the episode where they go to an art, uh, like or a play, I guess, or performance art thing from for Brian's old uh, performance. Buddy, and it's the it's the worst thing anyone could ever imagine seeing. That's also kind of ties into this feeling of being twenty something and going to a lot of stuff and like looking at it like, oh, okay, this is a thing. I guess I was I went. I mean. To, i was i went to like one show where some lady had a table full of sand and she had like stones and it was like experimental music but she was just kind of grinding stones against sand and then super amplifying it and it just kind of sounded like for like half an hour and i was like there's free drinks so this <laughs> yeah. is fine i guess uh and really recognize myself in that but anyway yeah she uh she has green uh, like green face paint in this show, and Simon Pegg, Tim, has just been playing too much video games, and he just uh, goes bananas, punches punches all these zombies that start appearing because we're in his mind, and he's all, I guess, drunk and tired from playing too many video games, so uh, he beats up a lot of zombies.
1: And there's a, there's a moment in this episode that I, I quote all the time, and no one knows what I'm quoting. Um but it's when uh because Volva does their performance Volva and hoover hoover yes. is her um uh like assistant or whatever he's just a guy with a vacuum in his ass <laughs> and he's like a real uh like uh, what hooligan i guess he's a real hooligan type of british guy i don't know how to describe him but uh they do the big show and then they all stop and then everyone starts clapping he goes East. It's finished. <laughs> <laughs> Just about. to be a dick. But I always say that no one knows what I'm talking about. Uh, and that episode also has um, when Daisy goes out for the uh, Flappers. Is it Flappers magazine or Flaps or something like that? Yeah, Flaps. Uh, women, which is like, is like a pussy, right? Yeah. And uh, it has that, like, um, it's that nice moment where she's not quite, like, girl. She's not f- it's enough for the... Uh, the, the magazine like she kind of like doesn't know what they're talking about and then she gives yep. them the old girl power and <laughs> uh, like just great moments i mean it, it's hard with,
0: with the show that's great like all i could be is like remember this part remember this funny part yeah, uh, yeah. but that's because it's so good yeah and i mean i enjoy talking about that stuff too that that magazine bit also feels like um very very much something that Simon Pegg couldn't have written, uh, or Edgar Wright couldn't have brought to it, uh, That, which is why it's such a nice combination, because that also feels completely in line with everything else going on the, at the show, where we have these three characters in a job interview, because the f- feeling of going to job interviews is also something that is very uh, familiar to that time in my life uh, and seeing that total failure she has where she can't keep up with what they're saying and just gets distracted and they, they're they way too cool and use way too many words that she doesn't follow and then she just messes it all up because she's a big spaz. Uh, it, it's a great moment.
1: Yeah, and, and especially like you're saying, like, way this show I mean, the show clearly like captures a lot of things about being in your 20s and because in a weird way in your 20s is when you're I mean, I, I haven't hit forty yet, or like you know, mid forties or whatever. But in your twenties is like when you're weirdly most worried about getting old because yeah. <laughs> it's like you're finally realized Like, I mean, clearly there's the party episode where they throw a lame party, and the younger people are throwing a cool party, so they have to go to the cool younger people party. Yeah. And then even with this episode, like finding a job, because you're you're under this pressure of like, wait, the, I'm in my twenties now. I'm so sorry, you know of. Uh, won an award for my writing or made a movie and done all yeah. this like all my heroes had it done by this
0: time yeah speaking uh, of which fuck edgar wright uh, for yeah. being like 20 when he was doing this <laughs> yeah uh, exactly. i don't recall exactly but i mean he he did just like and i i recall he was saying that like when he started working as a director for tv everyone was kind of like which which executive is that guy blowing, like, because he can't, it doesn't make any sense that he's getting to do all this work that he's getting to do, and getting to have his film school be a television show, uh, even though, I mean, I would have hired him too, because he's amazing, he probably gives a great head as well, but <laughs> the <laughs> it's just uh, f- frustrating. Uh, that ties into what you were saying of like oh I should have already achieved so much and that's what these characters are feeling too about because they're both creative people. Uh, Tim draws comics and uh, and uh, Daisy's supposed to be a writer but neither of them really get anywhere in the first season so that's a familiar feeling.
1: Yes yeah for sure and there's there's all this pressure because you don't like, you're starting getting to get out of the excuse of, like, oh, I got class. You know, I got class tomorrow. Because, you know, it, unless you're being, like, a doctor or something or going for your master's, you know, once you're in your mid-20s, it's like, wait a minute. It's, you shouldn't, What are you doing in school? Why don't you have a yeah. job? Why aren't you so successful? Why aren't you doing the best thing you've ever done? Yeah. Why aren't you setting up your legacy already? Mm-hmm. And then just the, and then it starts creeping in like, you know, things like parties and stuff that it's not the same. And, uh, you know, you're getting older and, you know, maybe you want to just get a dog to fulfill this, uh, emptiness in your life. Uh, um, yes.
0: hmm, uh, <laughs> yeah, we both uh, have dogs. Uh, so <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. I have three dogs. So <laughs> <Or> more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, the characters are all great. I mean, I can't, I, I can't not mention, um, marcia either like uh like just that i don't know it's it her uh like how she like she's even on another level because she's older and she's like oh you know these young people don't want to hang out with an old lady like me but also she kind of wants to hang out with them yeah because she's got the traditional teenage daughter who hates her and is runs out but of course you know there's still that mother daughter relationship and she's the old like lady hanging out but they also like having her around uh, to an extent uh and plus just her uh accent which i can't do well but like like hello brian like uh it it, 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 like makes me smile Uh, every time yeah
0: (laughs) <laughs> or I'm just the waiter from upstairs, home. So, you know, I think you just have to not move your mouth very much at all. It's just got to be solid, like your lips are solid, and then you just. Oh, I'm slushed really, so it's got to be something. Or we're gonna get drunk. This is gonna be just kidding. I that's not great either, to be honest. Not, but it's not bad show, though. I uh, enjoy it. Thanks.
1: thanks. Uh, and then I mean, uh, Dwayne Banzi, who also shows up in like Shaun of the Dead and some of the other movies. And oh, he's yeah. the voice of Darth Maul, right?
0: Is, um, does Darth Maul speak? You mean in the. He has like two line? lines. Uh, no, no,
1: he has like two lines where he's like, at last we will like reveal ourselves to the Jedi or whatever. Um, <laughs> let me look up. Uh, I, I know this dude's name. Why am I spaced on. Oh, yeah. Peter Serenifikwitz, however uh, the fuck you say it. He's the tick. He's the tick now. He's the Tick in the uh, in the Amazon Tick, and he's also Pete and Shaun of the Dead, but he's Dwayne uh, Banzi yeah. here, and uh, he is also, I just want to confirm it, so like in a weird way, because uh, I'm pretty sure he would have been doing it around this time for episode one. Oh, um, yeah. So you That's can only weird. imagine probably at the time, Simon Pegg uh, was probably like, oh man, this guy I know gets to be in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Like, I can't <laughs> believe it, but little did he know. Little did he know, he's in fucking Star Wars now. He's in fucking, he's, uh, what's his face in Star Trek? Yeah, the guy blew up.
0: Speaking of, uh, like, being ahead of their time, they were basically doing, like, red letter media in season two, just shitting on episode one before there even was an episode two. They were ahead of the game on that. Uh, they were, like, just hating it immediately because they were obviously aware more of the coming backlash because when i was watching the prequels i didn't know what was going on but oh, they yeah. knew immediately that it was shit yeah, and they called it out even though their friend was in it
1: uh but yeah yeah but back to that episode with the the paintball great episode and, yes and like you said with community because they're playing up the like the realities of paintball because when they're with uh i i love the back and forth when they're with the accountants or whatever the guy yeah and yeah. he's like uh this your first time out there kid." he's like I'm 36 is this your first time out old man he's like <laughs> yes I love it you know the thrill of war and then he get then he's like I'm gonna go get the flag and like no you fool we're behind enemy lines and he gets up and gets blasted of course and it's this big dramatic thing mm-hmm. and then uh Dwayne and um uh Dwayne and why am I not oh Tim Dwayne and Tim have their little standoff and uh and uh, I keep thinking Mike. Ed because I just watched *Shot of the Dead*. I'm sorry, yeah, Mike. <laughs> Mike yeah. comes in for the big save, and they get to have their big emotional moment of, uh, you know, the, the "Don't worry about me." And then it just cuts to me like, "Oh, this is a great day." You know, this yeah. I had a lot of fun today. Really, really got my aggressions out.
0: Yeah, second uh, stupid moment that really affected me a lot. It's a death scene. He's spewing up yellow, like, paste uh, and <laughs> saying, like, yeah. like talking, and he's dying. And it's uh, it affects me emotionally, and I don't understand how they managed to do that, especially because I've seen the behind-the-scenes stuff where... Nick Frost talks about how shit that day was and how cold it was. And he's like shaking from being cold and like got this disgusting stuff in his mouth. And they're running out of daylight and everything. And still, it's such an amazing scene. And the paintball is so amazing because it's like kind of an everyday thing but it's shot like it's the most important thing ever like a lot of stuff in this show they take how people shoot an action movie and they shoot a comedy in it or a heist movie and they shoot a comedy in it and of course a war movie where they're all getting blasted and torn apart but it's all color uh which people have done since but i can imagine like a lot of tv shows if they're going paintballing it's just I mean, obviously a lot of it's down to it being single camera and they, you know, think more about what they're going to edit and stuff rather than just banging some cameras in a set. But I can really imagine like just people walking in like a, not to keep harping on it, but like a Big Bang Theory type show. Can you imagine a paintball episode there and how extremely different Mm. it would be?
1: Yeah, it'd just be like a nice wide shot of yeah. a few like, few little people like getting b- behind cover and maybe a couple shots. Then it would just be some close ups where they say jokes back and forth. Like that would pretty much be it. And yeah. like you're saying, losing light. Like I always smile at that shot of uh, uh, of Tim when yeah, it's clearly getting dark. And you know, like like you said, we've both made stuff before, so you know that exact situation. where You're like. Yeah. fuck we just gotta get it we're not gonna be able to come back out so i know it's dark we'll just have to fix it the best we can i mean it still works but yeah i mean making some of your own stuff you could see it and you know what it was probably like on the day when they are like fuck
0: we just gotta get this
1: we need these lines real quick
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and uh I mean, this is kind of off-topic, but just imagine shooting some of your first films in Sweden in December because we get like one hour of daylight, and you don't realize realize how fast it gets dark. And then all of a sudden, you're shooting a close-up, and someone's having to hold like a phone close to their face to give a little bit of light (laughs) because we didn't bring any lights. And this is supposed to be our magnum opus. And what the hell? When am I getting my TV show? I'm supposed to be making a space by now. I'm just out here with a fucking cell phone.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um so I mean yeah, like every episode has something. Like even even me saying that the the disco one might be my least favorite, but that's just because like everything's my favorite here. So yeah. even that episode I still like a lot. Um and uh I'm just trying to see if there's any like weird little gags that I like. Uh I mean I love the gag in the first episode with the Scooby Doo like who's your favorite character? Or, oh, no, who are you? Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, clearly I was. And and then they, you know, glasses drop, and the camera zooms out, and they're wearing the... Uh, I can't think of fucking character's names. I'm fucking dying <laughs> over
0: here. God damn it. Well, they're saying that there were Daphne and the, yes. other, the cool guy. They're saying there were the cool characters, and then it all zooms out, and we get to see that they look exactly like the not-cool characters. Shaggy and, yeah. and Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or Scooby. I'm an idiot. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. And that's something that's... Uh, just presented com- comedy wise in a visual way and that thing I I, I mentioned of like how-, how to do visual comedy that video essay. It's funny that it's like just becoming aware of it changes so much in your mind when you're watching other stuff. Uh, just how much the the different visual steps are are like affecting the 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 humor of what's happening because we're so used to not seeing it and i i even feel like that that video essay from every frame of painting kind of started a trend in its own just like uh, edgar wright may have been uh part of starting a trend the like video essays weren't a thing until that that video uh, came out and got millions of views. And then now video essays are such a thing, uh, which is interesting. Just deconstructing these parts of what Edgar Wright is doing is enough to spark so much interest and enthusiasm. And all of that is present to some degree here in Spaced.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I agree. But it's in a weird way, like not uh, like video essays in general. And I mean, I guess even to if I'm going to bring up this point to an extent, our show, but like with Spaced and, you know, even going back to I have brought up this point on my own show before, but even going back to like Kevin Smith uh, or Spaced with things with references like this, when either they're, you know, discussing Star Wars or they're, uh, you know, referencing The Shining or uh, Star Trek or whatever, you know, all these different genre pop culture things. Yeah. Like it was always a joke. It was kind of, it was played up as a goof that this person knows so much about Star Wars and they're trying to apply it to a real world thing. And maybe it's kind of, it's kind of a point, but it's just funnier that they're doing it. Or even when Tim is breaking down Star Wars to chaos theory and, uh, like, you know, if that gunner had just shot the escape pod and then none of it would have happened. And then, uh, but nowadays, it, it's real life, like with social media and with vlogs, uh, uh, blogs and vlogs and stuff. It's always like the minutiae of film and TV and pop culture, which don't get me wrong, I love, I, I'm down with it. But we add this extra pedestal to it and it has to somehow explain our problems or somehow be the solution to social issues. And stuff, like that. and I think that's the wrong path. I think it's are you talking fine about when
0: people tweet a picture of like Donald Trump and Voldemort, and are like, Mists. "Yes, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly." Yeah.
1: And like that's like the most base point of it. But then there are like legit, like you know, a news outlet breaking down, yeah, why Donald Trump is Voldemort or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's weird because I'm, I'm, I know I'm a hypocrite because I mean I do a bunch of shows where I break down and try to talk about stuff I love or even stuff I hate that has to do with pop culture and sci-fi and geek and whatever, I just uh, I just get concerned with the amount of weight it's starting to have because I think it should be fun to dive into the stuff you enjoy and kind of get a better meaning out of it, but I don't think it should be this be-all end-all for uh, life's problems, mm-hmm. I right? guess.
0: Sure. So, I mean, if we were talking about, like, the philosophy of space and how you can apply that to your real life, uh, you weren't you wouldn't be as interested as, as actually talking about the filmmaking techniques and the writing techniques, which is yeah. what we yeah, like Yeah, I mean, do. a little
1: bit. I guess you could take something from it personally. I guess it's more about how people put so much weight into, like, I guess it mostly comes down to social issues, like people looking at, yeah, like, whether it be politics or... Uh, uh racism and prejudice and you know i'm sure a lot of people these days would pick apart you know s- the space to have a white person problem like yeah it's stuff like that uh so i don't know I guess i'm kind of rambling but i and i'm I'm, I, I'm always almost at the point that i want to make yeah but it just feels like the scales have tipped too much where it should be kind of a goof and something for fun and i think personally you could take away like a show like space could help you in your own life but it shouldn't be this i don't know it shouldn't be this huge thing where everyone has to make this fucking virtue signal point about not that space would be one of them but it's just one of those shows where in it you know in the beginning it was kind of a goof and yeah. now things like this would be like no don't you understand this has to this has to do with uh the, the immigration
0: <laughs> <laughs> well so you're saying we uh, spaced is uh better than elysium where the, <laughs> the plot is which by the way this didn't feel like hit over the head on me because i'm not in the same i'm uh, the same continent so that's not as much in my head but elysium you know this to summarize for everyone who missed elysium the sci-fi story about oh the rich people get all the health care and they're all white i guess and the poor people live on earth and they're uh, Spanish speaking, I guess that was basically the point. It was about immigration. Is that more yeah. or less? Yeah, yeah, it was.
1: And and yeah. the and the biggest problem is how dumb it was because yeah. you could do that actually, but you have to be, you have to really work on it, and you have to be very intelligent. You don't have to have a scene where it's like, "Free the immigrants, yes or no?" on the computer or whatever. <laughs> I forget exactly what the wording was, but it did come down to him hitting Y on the yeah. keyboard to give healthcare to everyone. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I see where you're coming from, but I feel like a lot of it is just people executing stuff poorly. Uh, yeah, yeah, I as think far you're as are. Right. Like, because I'm sure there's some good reference you could do where you call Donald Trump something very specific that would be funny, but just saying, this is like this, is how that's how you don't do references. That's how you just bring something up out of nowhere and say like, whoa, you're like Darth Vader, like we were saying at the start. And that's, that's never been what, what spaced would do and usually as you were saying like even if we respect characters who know too much about pop culture or whatever we're kind of enjoying with them the absurdity of what they're saying rather than going into it completely and saying like yeah yeah this that's a good point tim because tim doesn't really make a lot of good points uh when he's talking about this stuff it's just kind of fun and nice and these are characters mostly bullshitting around yeah
1: you're right and Tim doesn't really make good points kind of until the last episode. Uh, yeah.
0: Great point but, in the last episode, though.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there are a couple quick calls just in that episode. Like, I like the working of like the skateboard bales in with kind of the shots, like when she t- like taking small shots at each other. And then, of course, there's the Tekken fight when they have the big argument. Um, but yeah, there's I mean, there's one big point that he makes. And then there's also uh, when he Tim finally says life just isn't like the movies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's it's a it's a great line because this show, like the whole show, has been about making life like the movies. They Have a real moment, and then and then of course he has a great monologue about uh, walking in on yourself, like basically the feeling, like that moment of clarity after you uh, ejaculate, uh, come if you will, um, yeah. and you know it's like then you realize like what am I doing? And then it was the same thing where he finds that out with trying to get back in with his ex that treated him badly that he's been pining for. And I, I, I think him being a jerk is probably has was deliberate because he was still pining for an ex that dumped him. And he, you know, was just being that that fucking guy about it. Yeah. Uh, and he comes to that conclusion because he has these new friends in this new life. And it finally dawns on him that he doesn't need that that girl anymore. Of course, that's when they all come coming back, isn't it? When you forget about them. That's when they come coming back, right, Jacob? That's when that's they come right. crawling
0: back, right? They, they yeah, yeah, they do come crawling back when you forget about them. That's actually true. Uh, but yeah, that is a great monologue. And it kind of makes you realize that the episodes you just watched actually have uh, like a point. Because <laughs> it's kind of like just fun adventures and this and that. And then at the end, it's like... Oh uh life's like they're trying to make life like the movies and it, the show shows this heart that we've been uh like feeling is there but not noticing and telling us now we're getting into the philosophy of space, but like really telling us how to process these things of of being at this point in your life and being lost and stuff like that, and uh, it, it will make you emotional over silly things, even if they're not really important, even if it is just yellow paint on your chest, you might still cry like it's not because of how, how real they can make something feel. Um, yeah, because yeah, you, we've all felt that feeling of it's not life's not like the movies. We're just we're, we te- we teach ourselves how to be by watching TV and movies, and then life is not. I mean, and not in a bad way, but it's just not the same. And I don't know. That's why part of why it's an amazing show.
1: Agreed, agreed, and yeah, and they have a great montage. I I believe they also do a similar thing in series two, kind of like a nice finishing montage. And it's always nice when a show could do that. Some shows try and fail. Uh, it's a thing, again, to bring up Scrubs. Scrubs used to do it pretty well uh, as well. And, you know, we we get our montage of Tim and Daisy dancing, and we get to see where all our characters are at. Brian's finding uh, finding love and maybe cheering up a little bit. Uh, Marsha's, doesn't uh, it, when... Her daughter like puts the covers on her and takes the yeah. cigarette out of so it shows that there's you know, there's some love there. There's a relationship and then twist uh is also finding love with Brian and uh, uh, they're they went to like an art show where it's just what everything's blank right?
0: Yeah it's, it's, the, so, it's all, all these whiter. white paintings I mean they do uh, <laughs> take the mickey as <laughs> it were out of a lot of things but mostly art gets the worst clobbering because they never show anything like positive about it it's all pretentious nonsense which is super fun uh, and yeah it's a, just a gallery of white and white paintings and they all have different names and, uh, and then they, at the end they pick out a postcard and, I, and she's like oh my, you picked my favorite and they're all just <laughs> white paintings uh, yeah. so yeah <laughs> and uh,
1: I mean yeah there's a nice hint for series 2 because I think Tim does say something about how um, Daisy always wanted to go to Asia and I believe mm-hmm. we kind of pick up right with that uh, when we get into there uh, but yeah I mean at the end of the day, I know we, like, we jumped around a lot. I think we, uh, we talked a lot about what they were going for and the themes and such, and I think we nailed it, as we usually do. As always, yeah. But uh, I'm really glad I rewatched it because, like I said, it's just been too long, and it holds up so well, and it's such a well-made show. There's so much there mm-hmm. between the filmmaking, the writing, the, uh, the, the back and forth. It's, 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 uh, it's, a, it's a marvel, if you will. It's a marvel of a show.
0: Yeah. And uh, speaking of um yeah, rewatching it as we were doing. I I used to rewatch stuff so much because like even at the age when I was originally watching these UK shows, I would tape them and then rewatch them on VHS tapes and I like had so many of them. And then I don't know why, but like recently I just haven't been rewatching a lot of stuff at all because a lot of times when you rewatch something, it's not the same. Like you get emotional, but it's only because of uh nostalgia and remembering and associating and stuff like that but here when you go back it's like you can actually learn stuff from this show i mean mostly about filmmaking also about obviously the life's not like movies and all like that but just the 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 way it holds up the way it stacks up against modern tv it's still better that like just how it's put together is so much better than most tv we see uh now even though we're in the golden age of television and they did this in the fucking bronze age of television and they still nailed it so uh go watch spaced everyone it's a, it's a fun ride
1: yeah and they have all those fun um like uh tim and mike keep looking up to their past to uh, like their memory and yeah. then with brian and marcia and it's fun because they're always kind of referencing it and it's There's no big revelation there, but it's still fun the way it's, you know, kind of hinted at, hinted at, hinted at. Then in the final episode, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, Marsha and Brian had sex and you know tim caused mike to jump out of a <laughs> jump out of a tree and hurt his detaches
0: retinas is that what it was <laughs> yeah i and i really think i mean that is mostly a joke about like hinting at stuff i guess cuz they keep yeah. looking up and then it just pans up with this sentimental music beam 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 boom. but it always gets interrupted we never find out what happened the dark secret in the past and it's like that he made him jump out of a tree that's the whole thing and that kind of ties together with life is not like the movies i feel <laughs> yeah
1: yeah Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice that it comes to head in the last episode where things, yeah, just become, I mean, not really mundane, but yeah, just not, not some big revelation, not some big revelation is going to wrap up everything and explain it all away.
0: Yeah. Yeah, great, great show. I mean, this has been an example of what you're gonna get if you go to iTunes and leave a review for shows. What you know, uh, just search for shows. What you know and leave a review. Tell us what to watch. Uh, I'm, I'm in. I'm still into watching those other ones that we were just talking about. But I believe coming up next, we're gonna have some discussions on Preacher. What else do we have in the pipeline? Is that it?
1: There's, I mean, Preacher for sure. But yeah, we had a lot of stuff we've been throwing around, but nothing really. Uh, uh. Semantic because Preacher I I think still won't be for another two weeks.
0: That's true. Well, or this is a it? great
1: yeah, I don't know. Sorry, let me get you.
0: Who knows? But uh this, that means this is a great time to get your suggestions in. We are of course keeping an eye on the new TV shows coming out, and we're gonna get you updated on those as far uh, as soon as we've sunk our teeth into it. Maybe even have a look at the tick that we mentioned and uh, some other stuff that's uh in the pipes in the in the internet pipes of television. But uh, yeah, it's hard. It's going to, I don't know. It's its just great to talk about these shows that have so much to unpack because often it's like, yeah, that was fun and that was bad and that was fun and then you're done. And here it's like theres st- we could still do an episode on season two of Space and I'd feel we'd have no problem filling it with just as much like semi-pretentious talk about how it was put <laughs> together. Uh, it's fun.
1: <laughs> absolutely so uh yeah i mean i guess that's that any other uh, f- f- uh f- finishing thoughts on spaced final thoughts
0: <sighs> no it's uh i guess we did a lot of good thoughts already it's a film uh it's a it's like a, it feels like watching a film i okay two small thoughts uh simon Pegg looks exactly the same and he always has and always shall uh, nick frost looks so different in in this he looks like Yeah, he does.
1: Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, he does. He does look pretty different. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I mean...
0: Well, go ahead. No, I just had a quick question. The show also has this weirdly dark tint. And I don't mean emotionally. I mean just in the way it's lit or maybe the saturation. Or maybe it's just that I'm not used to seeing a sitcom where the saturation isn't like huge. Because it's kind of gray-ish and kind of washed out. And I don't know how much of that is... Like a, a product of being made in that time with that technology, and how much of it is like intentional? Let's make it feel realistic, because it kind of adds to this semi-depressive feel that it has sometimes when they're just hanging out and being bored, and it's it's like not vibrancy coming at you. The filmmaking side of it has, but just the look of the the look of the colors. And like the the exposure because it's obviously more low key lighting than we'd ever see in a in a regular sitcom.
1: Yes, absolutely. because even in comparison to something like you mentioned community, community was always like bright like popping like in your face, except you know, maybe now when some of the uh, some of the more action ones, they might have upped the saturation, but for the most part, it was still very sitcomy looking for the most uh, like most of the episodes. And, yeah, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, some of it's just older and, I guess, standard definition. And a lot of it is probably on purpose just to get a particular mood and feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Part of me would want to see, like, an HD version or remaster or something. But part of me is also, like, it's pure. Leave it pure and true. And, like, watch it on VHS tapes to get the right feeling. So... Yeah. Well,
1: did you ever watch that documentary that has the quick like revisit to Tim and Daisy?
0: Yeah, although we did say no spoilers. Okay. So.
1: Yeah, I was just I just wanted to know if you've seen it. It's saying
0: all right i've seen it that's the whole reason they don't need to do a season three uh of alert. course yeah and they've brought it up a lot of times like because over the years and then eventually they've just had to say stop asking we're like 50 now <laughs> they're not 50 but kind <laughs> yeah. of like we're not we're not in that mind space anymore and that's that's what i was reading in their last state or simon Pegg's last statement on it it wouldn't be true anymore to go back and try to make something like that because that's really captured a very specific time in their lives in that writing and they're completely different people now so it would feel very weird and fake if they went and redid it or if someone else redid it for the US for example which never happened and shall never be mentioned
1: should we watch these clips here from the American Spaced
0: I don't know I don't think so it I just just saying on, didn't it didn't happen it would just feel uh, shitting on something right Yeah, also, do we have the technology to do that sort of thing?
1: I might be able to pull it
0: up. Mm, I don't know. Seems risky, Jim. Yeah, okay.
1: (laughs) I don't know if I've watched these or not, because I know there are some clips on YouTube of the American remake, and that was a big uh, controversy, because I think originally they tried to make it seem like... Like the, like the original people were in, were involved or on board or signed off on it or something because yeah, I remember yeah, Simon exactly. Pegg had to come out and say like no they didn't really talk to us or or anything it was just Mick G I believe mm-hmm. the director of Charlie's Angels and Charlie's Angels Full Throttle produced it
0: uh, <laughs> yes and talking although about to be how... fair yeah <laughs>
1: go ahead. I was just gonna say to be fair Mick G I believe also produced uh, Supernatural
0: oh cool. I think no one should ever watch those clips. I guess that answers it. I mean, maybe for the bonus for the bonus section. I I'm just going to finish up by saying that uh hey, uh the review we already mentioned if you want more from Jim, uh his insight into references and how they should be d- d- stricken from Twitter and all other <laughs> social media, uh you can check out jimandthem.com or search for Jim and Them on iTunes or your favorite podcasting software. Of course, for me, there's always Awesomepedia.org and my YouTube Awesomepedia, which is going to very shortly have a pretty long video that I recorded the other day all about fixing Game of Thrones, bringing up a lot of the ideas we've talked about in our Game of Thrones episodes, and basically pitching a different Season 7 where things aren't drastically different, but they're just different enough where I feel like it works a bit better better so please do go to awesome pd on youtube uh and subscribe to get that in your inbox very soon yes thanks later